0: Welcome to Nobody Told Me That, your source for candid business talk and stories. Your host is speaker and author Teresa Duncan. Sit back, buckle up, and hang on. everyone. I'm here with a very good friend of mine. It's Beverly Wilburn. Now, you have probably seen her on Facebook. She's on a couple groups, and she's always being super helpful. She is a FADOM, which is Fellow of American Association of Dental Office Management, and she's going for her mastership this year, which is pretty exciting. Hopefully we have the conference to go to. I mean, I don't want a bad spell on it, but hopefully we have that. And she's also the executive director of the Virginia Society of Periodontists. She's just got a lot of stuff going on. We'll dive into that, but I'm just super excited to have one of my very closest friends on the podcast. Welcome. Hi Teresa, I'm so excited to be here. Hi listeners.
1: Very excited to be here during this unique time we're experiencing right now in dentistry.
0: (laughs) This, uh, it's the Dentistry after COVID is what we're gonna call this. It's gonna be DC. Yes, That's what absolutely. we're gonna have.
1: <laughs> I actually thought, you know, being on your podcast was a was a great time to do this because I'm thinking, okay, nobody told me that my practice would have to survive a pandemic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nobody told me about this virus. So listeners, I wanna set the scene for you. We're attending the Chicago Midwinter meeting. And we had a full day of CE. We're out at this aquarium. We're having fun. We're talking about our practice. We go to this little Italian restaurant and we're again, having fun. It's loud. So we're having loud fun, but we're also at the same time talking about our practices. And do you remember that Bev, what we were Um, doing? And we were talking about, I'm doing this and I'm interviewing this. And then we plan to do this and we plan to do that. And it was all very, you know, normal practice talk today we're talking about something completely different, this truly black swan event that's kind of come out of nowhere. And, you know, we were texting back and forth and she said, what what are we going to talk about? I want to make sure, you know, I know what we're talking about. I said, well, you know what, let's talk about life after COVID or what you did to possibly get ready for it and what you wish you had done. So first I want to ask, how is the practice doing? How's everybody doing?
1: So we are okay. And I'll, and I'll say just a strong, okay. There's a lot of unknowns. And I think that's what I'm seeing across Facebook groups and I'm seeing across all of these, you know, different media outlets that we have in regards to how we're communicating with each other now, new, new ways of communicating. We're in zoom meetings with friends and zoom happy hours. I think I may have done one of those. So there's been a lot of different methods of communication at this point that are a little unfamiliar, but yet, so we're in such an exciting time of such great technology that we have these avenues to be able to communicate with each other. We are doing okay, we're using new things with our team as well, which I think is going to be stronger later, because now that we've used them and we've gotten our team a little bit accustomed to, oh, we can't have our morning huddle, but we're going to Zoom huddle at, you know, one o'clock in the afternoon, you know, on Wednesday, it's opening this whole new door to communicating with the team in a different way. So, the practice is is okay. I'll say it's a really strong okay. I think we were a little more prepared than some people. So, you know, I I really feel for some of those practices, you know, not necessarily that it was through any fault of their own they weren't prepared, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of startups. There's a lot of people who maybe just opened their doors last week. And I think we're forgetting, not forgetting about them, but I think that that's a big thing where when you're seeing sometimes there's some judgment that's going around in some of these Facebook groups, like, well, why aren't you prepared? Or I'm paying my team. You know, it's not time for us to do that. It's definitely time for us to come together and help each other and realize that not everybody was in the same situation right now. And there's some that are very prepared and some that are maybe not as prepared. And hopefully going forward, we all have learned some lessons from this and making sure that things are going to be a little bit better going forward.
0: Well, one of your one of the groups that you actually are an administra- administrator <laughs> for, sometimes it happens, people, is the morning huddle. And I'll put a link in the show notes for that. And why did you start that group? I mean, I'm assuming it's because you wanted content for your morning huddle, or why did you take it public? It's called Huddle Up,
1: the morning huddle for dental teams. Um, it is a Facebook group. I really wanted to start it because for me, I struggle a little bit. I don't run my meeting all the time myself. I obviously have different people on our team that run the meeting, but I always struggled with ending with a win or ending with something super positive. And there's only so many days in a row you can say, yay, we made collections yesterday, or yay, we made production (laughs) yesterday. So you kind of want to end it with something inspirational, or at least try to end it with something inspirational. So for me, I started it because I wanted managers, office managers or team leaders or whoever happens to be running the team to just be able to have a place to go grab a quick piece of information and say, this is how we're going to end our meeting. Or this is this little meme that we're going to share and all have a good laugh. Or this is how we're going to end things. Just to kind of give a, give a little boost of how to, kick off your day in a little bit more positive way. And sometimes it's hard to find that piece of data immediately. So I wanted just a place. This isn't a group to ask a bunch of questions about, you know, your practice systems and how things are running. It's really just a quick place to go. And I also have a lot of friends in the industry, a lot of consulting friends, great friend of Odyssey Management. They give us a lot of support (laughs) in that group. And, you know, I definitely want consultant friends or other people who have these things, you know, Canva is a great thing. Create these things for your own brand, go in there and leave, leave a note, but that's that also helps generate some business for you know our consultant friends or you know coaches or other people like that to be able to utilize that group to say you know hey here's here's someone of my services or at least be able to link back to your pages or other things to because there's some really good content especially you know on Odyssey management and other pages that have some really great content for managers to be able to see but it's it's so it's exposure for consultants but also just for a place for managers to go and grab that piece of inspiration that they need to give their teams a, a good day.
0: Well, and it's really nice, too, because especially in this day and age, we are seeing a lot of, you know, like you said, the shaming, you know, why didn't you pay your team and why did you do this? And a lot of team members complaining about how they're being treated. So and you have to remember that for every bad story that you read, there's like four or five celebrations or people that are, you know really keeping in touch with their team and doing the right thing. It's just easy to focus on those bad things. So it's really a good place to go to get that kind of uplifting start. And there's another page too, I think that we're both on, where there's just a lot of memes that are posted, and that's always good for a laugh. So I'll, I'll put the a link to both of those. Now, you manage two offices. So you're in a specialty office, it's periodontology. On, period you know, people, I need my coffee just like everybody <laughs> else. So... <laughs> So you I'm manage to... any of us remember what day it is right now, to be honest. <laughs> I know somebody posted, today is Wednesday. It's a reminder, today <laughs> is Wednesday. Uh, so you manage two periodontal, whatever, offices, gum places. And <laughs> gum places. <laughs> and they're in two different states. It's bad enough being in one state trying to keep on top of the labor laws that are constantly shifting. How are you keeping up with two different states? I will say Cedar.
1: Uh, Cedar has been a huge help to us in regards to how to manage two locations in two different states. And the states are two totally different animals. So, you know, one, Virginia, tends to lean very much toward uh, the employer on a lot of things, and Maryland tends to lead very much towards the employee on a lot of issues when it comes to employment law and other things like that. So CEDAR's been a big help. I will say our handbook was merged this year. Uh, So we used to have two handbooks, and we had to have every employee sign both, which was very unique. They merged them this year for us, which was really great. And in order to do that, we always just picked which one bettered the employee, you know, which policy fared the employee best, because, you know, you're always safest. But having to, you know, it's a different set of challenges, having two locations, two places. We're a little bit fortunate in the fact that we're not open, you know, at the same time in each place. So one's kind of a satellite, and one's kind, but I do have employees who work solely in one location or solely in the other locations. But it's been, it's been a little bit of a challenge just having two states. But we're in the DMV area, as you know, there's a lot of practices with that setup in this area, you know, and some other locations as well in the country have that same type of thing where you've got.
0: So we've set the scene for your office. We've set the scene for the whole environment where, you know, we're in the age of COVID now, you've got the two offices that you're managing. So let's, let's dig into the meat here. When this all happened, what were you thankful for having in place? And then we'll do the opposite side of that.
1: The most thing I guess that I could say we're thankful for is just having the support of our team and the support of our doctor and leader to be able to have each other's backs. Uh, The systems that we've created over the years, having that in place having somewhat of a reserves i mean realistically to be able to get through this you've got to have some type of reserve and that's been something that we had set up you know just from a financial standpoint a very long time ago where you provide money into the practice to pay your bills you provide some reserves for you know issues like this and you also provide some money on the side to be able to give your team some profit sharing or bonus or other things like that when you have really good times So I think being thankful that we aren't necessarily one of the practices that really didn't have some kind of reserve to be able to, obviously, just like everyone, we can't indefinitely, you know, we don't have an indefinite amount of reserves. There isn't money that is going to, you know, you can only make a couple of payrolls before you have to start realistically looking at, okay, what am I really going to do? Or what's, you know, what's the federal government going to do at this point or, other things, but I think really just having systems in place, having, you know, emergency systems in place, it it was still honestly just kind of a, takes the wind out of your sails, you know, this type of event. We, we didn't expect things to come down as quickly as they did. We've actually been out since the 18th of March. So that was kind of our last day. And even that day, we weren't seeing hygiene. I think that's a really important thing. I know there's a lot of people back and forth and up in arms all over, you know, everywhere about what we should be seeing and what we shouldn't be seeing. But we kind of said we have to, we had some team members who honestly expressed concern about their safety and our team, we are nothing without them. So everybody knows that we are, as managers, as owners, as anything, we are nothing without the team behind us. So if we don't respect their feelings on how they feel about things, then that can become, you know, that's a different different podcast for a different day, probably. But so I think having systems in place has been the right thing and having a nest egg, if that's what you want to call it, or something that we weren't we're, we weren't super stressed. Now, we will be. I'll say that if this continues for too long, we are going to be super stressed. <laughs> but, we're, but we're managing right now.
0: <laughs> well, and it's hard enough to go through something like this when you have a not so strong team. And you do have a strong team. It's, it's hard enough to do that. So I can't imagine the teams that when they come back together, they're not going to be the same. They're maybe missing a couple people. You know, there's definitely uh, talking to doctors, there's definitely going to be some team members that they can't afford to bring back. And that's going to change the dynamic of the team. And there's a lot of worry about that. And now it's hard enough to find good people. You and I always talk about that. You know, it's hard to find good people out there. And I think now we're going to see the same thing where people are just nervous to be in an industry that doesn't traditionally have benefits or have a, I guess, a guaranteed like a pension or something like that. And you've been one of the offices that has something different. So for those offices out there that don't have that set up, I mean, that might be something for you to pay attention to and strive towards that. I hope we never have to go through something like this again, but it's, it's a virus it, you know, it's going to be out there. I mean, hopefully we get vaccinated, but you never know. And it may be something totally different next time. Who knows? With that being said, what's something that you said, wait a second, I should have been on top of this.
1: So the things that I probably should have been more on top of would realistically be planning for well it's probably not something that I thought about initially but it's definitely something that I'm thinking about now is planning for how we are going to handle things after after all of this settles after the dust settles and you know though you have a plan for an emergency you don't always plan for what's the next steps after that emergency happens mm-hmm. so i think that's one thing that I'm struggling with now is even in our practice who runs two hygiene chairs and you know, all of those things, where am I going to put these people? You know, some of my hygienists don't just work for my, my practice, but they work for, you know, another practice who also is dealing with the same challenges. So where are you going to put patients? So I think even though the systems from a business standpoint are good, and even though all of those things from the business part of the practice are great, there's also obviously the hugest part, which is the patient care part and how Mm -hmm. do you manage those parts of it? I think that that's a big, that's a big thing that I probably should have prepared for a little bit better of. If we ever have to close for a week, what are we going to do? Do we have people in the, you know, maybe maybe a a bonus hygienist or a guest Mm -hmm. hygienist that can come for, you know, a little bit to help us relieve some of the things after we reopen.
0: So you're a specialty office. How do you plan to, I guess, conserve or invigorate your relationships with your referring doctors? Because they're also going to be Struggling too? Is have you thought about making any changes to those relationships? Yes, I definitely think that's a huge part of any specialty
1: practice. You know, you really need to listen to their concerns. You know, they they obviously are going to have concerns. They're going to want to hold on to their patients a little bit more um, because they're feeling a little bit of the strain. Not that that's um, a bad thing at all, but you know, you want them to be taken care of on both ends. Perio doesn't leave people's mouths, though, without some kind of treatment. So regardless, I think if people continue to do the right thing for the patient at the right time, the, the referrals will stay where they need to be in regards to making sure that the patients are taken of, taken care of periodontally. But I think that as specialty office managers in general, not just perio, you know, oral surgery, endo, all of those things that rely quite a bit on those referral relationships, reaching out to the teams at the other offices and making sure that they're doing okay and making sure there isn't anything you can do for them. And maybe if you do have a hygienist who has some extra time, maybe that general dentist needs some time to catch up on patients as well. And maybe that's something where you can job share for a little bit, or maybe they want some extra hours, you know, the hygienist to make up for some of the time that they've missed during this period of time. And most specialty offices are only open a few days, you know, not, I shouldn't say most, but a lot are only Open, you know, four days a week, and maybe you have that extra day where, yeah, you're going to have to bust your butt a little bit harder to make sure that these, also these referring doctors' patients are seen because there's certain things that they need to get back to, and they need you to finish your part first. So I think it's just working together to make sure that if if everybody's focus is the patient is helped at the end of the day, everybody will come together on it and and make sure that that is a good, you know, working relationship going forward, and and everybody will advance to, you know, with the patient into a good level area again.
0: One of my old clients reached out to me and I'm curious to see what you have to say about this. She reached out to me and we had worked on, you know, bringing her expenses down and getting the percentages to the right place. And it was, you know, a long time ago, but she was pretty much like, I need a calm voice. And and I had always been that for her. So we took a look at her expenses again, and there was just so much that was trimmable. They had just crept up over time. When you think over your expenses, do you see anything like that in your in your practice profile?
1: Absolutely. And this, (laughs) this really, um, probably is a full another, you know, podcast. (laughs) I basically think that, you know, we, we talked about this. I, I may have even put a Facebook post about this as well. I think now's the time for vendors, for people who have companies that service dentists to also step up a little bit and reach out and help, you know, in any possible way that they can, these practices that are feeling all of this crunch. And I think those are gonna be the ones that are gonna stand out at the end. And sometimes looking at that and saying, what do I really need? What have I done without during this period of time that I maybe thought that I needed so much that I haven't really needed? So I think it's, we have all of these support systems and we're so fortunate in the arena of dentistry to have all of these support systems from all of these companies. But now's the time I think for forging better relationships with some of those companies and making sure we're getting the most out of our dollars being spent with them. And we're utilizing the services that they're providing as well. Even the things, you know, we don't have supply costs right now, really. You know, we're, we're yeah. seeing an emergency patient here and there. I do think that some things some doctors are probably gonna need to prepare for in every, you know, general dentist, specialty offices, all of those things is I definitely think there's gonna be some things coming down the pipeline in regards to PPE and what we're gonna be required to wear for different types of procedures. And I that's coming. I you know, people don't ignore it. It's a sleeping giant. So those are things that people are going to have to start to maybe rearrange some funds for to be able to make sure that they have more funds in that category of you know protective equipment and other things, because it's going to happen.
0: So I, it's interesting you say that, because I was listening to the uh, Dental Hacks this morning, and they were talking about that. Alan was talking about how the government gets involved, and we're actually mandated to up our PPE, the protective uh, equipment that we use, it's going to be a huge expense to offices. And it may actually, first of all, regulatory expense is huge anyways. I mean, we have to comply with claims. We have to comply with OSHA, labor board, all of that kind of stuff. So regulation in and of itself is expensive. I mean, we see that on the medical side too. First of all, I want to just say, I'm kind of glad about that. Cause I have been in too many offices that do not do the right thing when it comes to OSHA. So I'm kind of happy about this agree. But on a big scale though. I'm not thrilled with the thought that Alan had where it's going to be more expensive in the long run because we're going to, you know, maybe we switch to gowns like he was mentioning. Maybe we switch to gowns all the time. Maybe we have huge face shields. Now we never see our dental assistants face anymore. Who knows? And, That, I think, is going to put an undue strain on small practices that really, quite frankly, can't afford it. So I'm really curious, has this made you rethink your PPE for your office?
1: Our PPE is always, because of surgical procedures in nature, is pretty advanced compared to a lot of offices. I've had new dental assistants that have come to work for us and said, oh, you guys are way you know four times what i've ever seen with sterilization and other protocols and that's just because not because we're better it's just because of surgical nature and a lot of times you people associate surgery with needing to have more sterility and things that we purchase are prepackaged and packaged for sterility and other things like that so i definitely think that it it's something to think about we it is one of the things that we're going to be working on during this time which is just you know, there may be some things like head covers or other things that we don't always wear. We get hot. You know, we don't want to take this this off. We don't want to wear this. So I think that there's definitely some things where it's going to be, you know, I don't want to get, I, this is one big common thing, you know, I don't want to get the purple gloves to go and get the instruments out of the room. I want to just grab yeah. and go and covering trays and other things like that, that we we don't Always do perfectly in essence Mm -hmm. of time. You know, we're we're all moving pretty quickly, and that's time. So I definitely think these are some things where we're gonna have to put our own responsibilities in on each other to say, look, guys, we really need to to step it up even more so now. So I, I do. And I think that cost from a cost standpoint of what we're gonna be spending on PPE is definitely going to increase, you know, that that protective. Where is going to definitely increase in regards to how we're going to do things. And the considering, you know, the, the aerosols and the yeah. water, you know, line testing and all of these things, mm-hmm. that yes, we do all of those things, but it's still something that I think is now at the forefront of our mind. One thing I kind of want to mention on this, Teresa, though, is I don't think just from a marketing standpoint, I don't think it's a good idea for practices to say, well, now we're doing this, or this is what we're doing now. You know, this should have been something you've always done. <laughs> So by saying, well, now because of the virus, we're going to now sterilize all of this extra thing. Your (laughs) patients rely on the fact that you've always been doing that. So I think it's a really good idea to make sure that they know that this is our standard. This is what we've always been doing. We're going to be more cognizant of it now. We're going to be looking again just to make sure it's done right, but a, a double check. But this is what we've always done.
0: Can you imagine like your malpractice lawyer is just going to be like, what is this? Like drop you immediately. Cause nobody wants to think you were just rolling the dice before, you know? And I was talking with Kevin Henry about the whole Ryan white thing. When Ryan white happened to the industry, you know, he, he died from the AIDS and doctors were advertising safe, you know, sterile. And it was like, wait a second. And, I don't go down that road. And I've also seen in some of the Facebook groups, can we charge for our sterilization now? Is there anything we can charge? And, and you know, I thought we killed that a long time ago because we did used to. People wanted to like, you know, here, I want my $5. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's coming back up. And I just- I, I saw a would...
1: post yesterday, probably the same post that mm-hmm. said, well, can we now charge an extra $5 to $10 fee for extra equipment use? <laughs> Extra PPE. You
0: thinking now? Well, what's the patient going to say? I don't. You know, I'm really broke. We can just kind of take it easy on the, <laughs> the sterilization. You have an open set of drills. I, I'll take that one. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So something that really fascinates me about you. Lots of things fascinate me about you, but one thing in particular is that you are really legal minded because you've had experience in this arena. So what I'm hoping that you can share with us is. From a legal standpoint first of all tell us what you do with it and then from a legal standpoint are there some things where you think okay i'm glad i did it this way because they could have my butt if i didn't do it this way with with regards to the whole covid situation and, and infection control and emergencies and all of that
1: yes absolutely so, so first of all i kind of got involved in the legal arena i serve as an expert witness quite often uh, in cases you, typically dealing with malpractice, not necessarily infection control always, but sometimes that obviously comes into part of things. It so happened to be that we were a treating doctor on a very unfortunate case for a patient. And that's how I kind of got involved in this. And after that happened, I guess they liked the way that I testified or liked you know the way things worked out. So I've been called back several times now from a couple of different attorneys as well. And ultimately, What I think that just from this COVID thing that we're seeing is that a couple of the things that are going to happen, you know, that I can see just from some of the other cases, and that's going to be that people are going to feel, it kind of boils down to what is this emergency? What, you know, what is, what is a a true emergency? And things are going to happen to people from a standpoint of, yes, we had an emergency. Yes, my doctor didn't see me because the doctors as well are a little bit frightened of what can I see and what can I see? I think that, It needs to be documented. If you're seeing an emergency, the documentation is the most important part of it, because if something happens and a patient contracts something from your office, it's not going to matter where they've been. It doesn't matter whether they went to California, they came back, they went skiing in Aspen, where this fire, it doesn't matter. It's going to be, I saw my dentist and I now am sick. So looking at it from a, from that standpoint, it definitely needs to be you're seeing emergency care only. So, you know, make sure that you're documenting your chart notes and your chart notes are very good in regards to, I'm seeing this patient on an emergency and this is why. And just making sure that the emergency is documented, but also you aren't leaving patients because you're afraid of not seeing them for an emergency because there are other things that can happen to the patient that could end up being a bigger problem. Let's say one of your patients does have an abscess that goes, you know, into their neck or somewhere else and you have a bigger problem and then you're the last dead dentist that ever saw that person or spoke to them and something happens to that patient during this. So I think it's really, you know, your malpractice carriers and other things are are good people. If you're, if you're concerned about something, or if there's a case like that, obviously those are extremes. You're not always going to see that kind of thing. Those are pretty large, you know, extreme things that could happen, but don't be afraid to see your patients that are true emergencies. Make sure that they're documented very, very well in regards to What you're doing and what you're seeing and what you're doing with your patient and if you're referring them to someone else find out in your area who's open so that you can make the proper referrals So the patient doesn't just go home and can't get in somewhere else and doesn't tell you. So it's following up it's staying on track with making sure that your patients are cared for well. And doing the right thing, I think that's going to be part of what everybody's going to see I also think when people get stressed financially, whether it be as a country or whether it be other things uptick of suits for things that might be minor are going to probably, you're going to, we're definitely going to see an uptick in that. Not saying that it's going to come after dentistry. I'm not trying to, you know, be put fear in anybody's minds, but you're going to see things in regards to accounts. People are going to have complaints about things based on, you know, what's going on with their financial situation with your practice. So those are other things to kind of consider. And I, and I want people to remember, I kind of got, somebody had posted something yesterday and we kind of got into a discussion about it. And, I want people to remember that anytime you're talking about anything legal in dentistry, there is a financial aspect and there is a treatment aspect. Those two things are totally different. So make sure you're treating the right way, regardless of the finances, the finances have to be second. You can't be so concerned about what you're going to get paid or what you're going to do. The treatment has to come first. The treatment is priority to anybody, anywhere that you do the right thing treatment wise. And the financial is a separate entity that's handled usually through collections or other things like that. So those are two totally different arenas that stay need to stay separated.
0: Now, you said something interesting, which was you are the last dentist. So is that a thing where if you're the last dentist, like the, the buck stops with you?
1: Pretty much. Yep. Which is why sometimes it's hard when you take a case where you've maybe seen some dentistry that isn't, up to your standards, let's just say. I don't even want to say bad dentistry because that might not necessarily be the case. It might just be the capabilities of whatever that office had to work with. I also like to emphasize when we, anytime we go down the legal road of anything, is it takes a lot to, it takes a whole lot to actually. Have a dentist be responsible, fully responsible. It's a lot. It's not, this isn't something where somebody's going to make a small complaint about you and you have to be worried that, you know, you're going to lose your whole practice. It takes a whole lot to have a, a verdict of guilty or something, you know, in that regard of a jury finding a dentist at neglect you know most dentists want to do the right thing and if you want to do the right thing and you really try to do the right thing for your patient every time the chances of you you know losing your whole life or practice or anything like that are yeah. very very slim so i also like to say that as well you know it's 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 not anything to be afraid of you know it's something that we're people are litigious quite a bit in today's mm-hmm. society so it's just something to think about and always have your systems in place to protect yourself meaning good notes good other you know good chart notes good financial records good insurance documentation <laughs> as you know I'm sure making sure that those things all all align and it's not something to be afraid of it's just something to think about and yes the last dentist normally is going to be part of the suit regardless of whatever happened, even if it was three dentists back, they're either going to be there to say, this is what I would have done. And this is the right thing, or they're going to be there because they maybe the patient maybe feels that they caused some kind of issue based on what they had done before. So always the last one to touch on is typically the one most at risk.
0: Well, and also the lawyers pretty much like it's a shotgun blast. They sue everybody involved just to, you know, see what they can get away with. That's what I've heard yes, now in your situation, uh, in the cases you've been, of course, we're not going to discuss single cases, but is there something that was missing from the chart that just blew your mind that could have changed the course of that decision? Had the doctor included that information?
1: Absolutely. So the one, the one piece of advice that I give everyone, and I give this to my team, like it is, it is gone over again and again and again. And that is the biggest piece of the chart note that you can have in when you're faced with any kind of challenge when it comes to a patient is what the patient said you know what you said and you know what you say. Yes, it's, you have to have both parts of the conversation, you know, and anytime there's any kind of piece of documentation with the patient, there has to be both parts of the conversation and you want to document something of what you said, but you're a professional. Dentists are professionals. They have a lot of education. They have way more education than the average dental patient, obviously. And what you said is going to be pretty standard. We're going to know what you said, and you're going to be able to relay that information directly to either an attorney under deposition or a, jury or whoever that might be, but what the patient said, there's going to be a lot of gray. (laughs) So having really good documentation of patient originations. So when patients say, I hurt right here and point to XYZ spot, it's a good idea to have it or even sometimes quote it in the record. We're big fans in our practice of using quotes in the dental record. There'll be quotes. My tooth hurts here. My old dentist said XYZ. So there's, you know, having as much as documentation as you can about what the patient physically originates helps a lot at the end of the day.
0: Now I always joke in classes that we should just record the whole procedure just for insurance like documentation. But is that a thing for them from a legal standpoint? I mean, do people record dental visits?
1: I am not a fan of,
0: <laughs> of that. I think that would put up a
1: lot more. There'd probably be a lot more. It would uh, advance lawsuits to a different level that I think nobody wants. Um, oh, I don't
0: awesome. think
1: recording is a good idea for any reason, but I think you, if you document or quote things in the record, it's almost as good as a recording because the patient's going to have a very different memory of things than you have when it comes down to the end of the day, and also, you know, it's it's a good idea to also have your assistants and your, whoever help is helping you make these notes. And because I know that we all don't do them ourselves. So, you know, doctors don't always do them themselves. You're reviewing your notes, you're checking them off and making sure that you do have as much of what the patient said in them without a legal recording, (laughs) probably. (laughs) would be better, but you know, with teledentistry, I know I was listening to you and Kevin, you know, on on your last podcast. Thank you. you Which was exceptional, by the way. Wonderful. A lot of great information listening to that, I'm thinking that's a opening, a whole new can of, you know, yes, it's coming. I you have been saying this mm-hmm. teledentistry thing for at least a year, I know, in your courses. So I mean it's you've been kind of on the cutting edge of saying, yeah. This is coming, people, this is coming. So I think that's wonderful. And I think it's a great great thing, especially for, you know, where I see it being utilized a lot is nursing homes or senior citizens, people who aren't as mobile to be able to get out. And there's this whole wave of mobile dentistry as well. I know I've seen some of the trending of that, those kind of things happening online and through Facebook and social media. But I think that with teledentistry, that's going to open, it's just something to think about in, in regards to the legal aspects of things, to be cautious about certain parts of it.
0: I mean, I was in private practice a long time and it's been, I don't know, probably 12 years, 15 years, I don't know, whatever, since I've been in the practice. I mean, I still go in a lot. I remember having a patient who had the parent in the nursing home and I did a log me in where I could share screen. And and that was brand new. I was using it to log in from home. And I thought, wait a second, why can't I just do this with the parent or I'm sorry, the adult child. And so I had my first taste of that and how so efficient it was because they were in another state and we needed to have approval of the treatment plan. And a lot of times the adult children aren't, you know, nearby where they can pop in. And we did it again with a uh, spouse situation where, you know, the the husband worked odd shifts. And so we did that via log me in and we didn't look at x-rays or anything. They just wanted to see the, and there was no video, but they just wanted to see what was on the screen. And we wanted to talk about, you know, what, what, where to go from there. So I kind of had my first taste of that a long, long time ago. And I thought just this is useful. And then, you know, stuff happens. You forget and you go on and you're doing other stuff. And, you know, you're scheduling CPR and all that. And you never pursue it. So I remember being excited about that. So when we have this whole teledentistry thing coming up, and I also want to say from, from the last podcast, it's not for everybody. Don't feel like you have to. It's not going to be for everybody. But I was talking to Maria from Teledentist after the podcast, and she said, even if you have a recording of it, it still needs to be transcribed and added to the record. The recording itself is not enough from what she's looked at. It's not enough. And so it has to actually be transcribed. Now, that's something that I had not really heard thought of or heard. So that's another additional step. So now you got to make sure that you have a service that can transcribe those notes, and then you have to review them accurately, just like you said, with the assistant notes. I really think the whole problem with documentation is that a lot of doctors rely on assistants, and the assistants aren't trained to record What we want them to record i mean you have to spend a lot of time with your assistant for them to get your rhythm and everything this is a really good time to do that so if you're sitting around trying to figure out how to make things better maybe you have a meeting about the documentations if you were walking into an office because you do this with offices you help them figure out if they're doing the right thing What's the first thing that you're going to look at and have them work on like immediately, if they had all this open time? Typically, when I'm in an office in an office once,
1: kind of you know, just how how are we? You know, how are we doing? Are we keeping up on things in regards to risk management or other things like that? I'm going to watch the a couple of new patient exams with the doctor and the assistant. Usually, the assistant's the one making the notes, and we're going to look at what those say after the fact. And that's usually kind of what I'm going to do first. I think that also just kind of combing through chart notes and sometimes just looking at, where they're putting things in the record to make sure it's easy accessibility because there are certain things like medications lists and other things like that, that doctors are gonna wanna know right away. And look, these are dentists, they're busy. Sometimes they have two, three chairs that they're running during a day and they're from here to here to here to here. Things are gonna get missed things are going to get overlooked. And I think that you don't always have time to sit down and say, okay, here's this whole you know, list of the, this for the patient. And this is what I'm doing before you have to make a decision on how you're going to treat them or what you're going to do. So I, I definitely think that one of the things that we look at is just making sure that things are you know, set up well in regards to the flow of information, how the information is getting from point A to point B and how well that information is being documented into the records. And the, that's going to ultimately be that chart note that that record is pretty much everything i mean that's everything but right now you you said it best you kind of hit the nail right on the head now is the time to do that even if you do a couple of mock things where you say this dental assistant is going to be the patient this is going to be the doctor not that anyone wants to role play and believe me i'm (laughs) i'm not saying that i know how much your teams love it (laughs) but even doing a couple of those where you kind of go through some scenarios and say, how would you document this? How would you document this? Templates Mm -hmm. obviously are a great idea, but we still have some practices that aren't using templates, you know, for things and a template's not going to protect you either. So just remember that a template's not a be all end all, but note templates obviously are a really good way of trying to get the data in. And in our note templates, not saying that everybody should do it exactly, you know, my way, but you have to do what's going to work for your practice best We have notes, we have little memory joggers inside the template that will literally ask a question. What did the patient say about how they feel about their tooth or you know whatever and you know yes we just take that little question out when we're when we're updating the note or when we're updating the template but having those little memory joggers for your dental assistants even if you have somebody new anybody new can sit down and take that note as well and sometimes technology gets in our way I'll say that too don't be afraid to pull out a template on a piece of paper and let a brand new dental assistant sit down when they're interviewing the patient and write it out on paper and transcribe it back into the clinical record, you know, the electronic record later. Don't be afraid to do that. I think sometimes people are like, well, you have to use the computer and you have to get this all in and you have to do all this, and then they're so stressed about work, figuring out how to do all of that part of it, they miss all of the meat that's inside of that note. So don't be afraid to go, you know, back and forth with that and and let them do it whatever way is comfortable for them until they can get it into your your
0: you know system somebody said that one of the things that's missing most is the doctor's signature. So even if it's a solo dentist in there, does he, does he or she still need to sign it? Is it a good practice? I mean, what do you think?
1: I have never, and I've probably been involved with in the past, let's say two years, probably about 14, 15 cases. I have never seen that come to like a, a problem. If a dentist, if it's a solo practice, one practicing dentist, a dentist physically signing the records. Even one where we had a case where the owner of the practice was actually, the suit was against the owner, but the treating dentist was a different person in the practice, uh, was an associate dentist, and the record was not signed, but it was obvious who saw the patient. I don't think that that's going to be a sticking point. Now, remember, I'm not an attorney, so I do like... <laughs> Full disclosure, I am not an attorney, nor do I pretend to give legal advice. I will just advise <laughs> you on what I've seen, but definitely I've never seen it become a big issue. I also think that what I have seen come into play is editing notes. That, that happens a lot where people will go in and edit notes. So I'm a very big advocate of if you ever have to re-enter a chart note, you physically make a note with the date and time and say, I re-entered this note for this reason. And X, Y, Z of why you went into the note to edit or to update, because that does come into play quite a bit.
0: So even if it's a mistake, admit it's a mistake.
1: Even if it's a mistake, admit it's a mistake. Because in one case I was involved on, a doctor received a, a subpoena, you know, for his records and the date the subpoena was delivered, there was, you know, 15 note edits and dentrics <laughs> on that date of the oh date my. the subpoena was delivered. So I'm not laughing, oh. I am laughing, but I'm not, but I mean, there's obviously, and you know, in some practice management systems, you actually can retrieve the previous note. So be very, very cautious about, um, it shouldn't, I shouldn't even have to say, be cautious. It's, it goes without saying, don't edit your notes. And if you have to, for a reason, because there are some times that you have to, obviously there's, there's not saying it's anything big, but sometimes there's things that you have to go in and, and make a quick note about something you remembered later. If you do, just own it, you know, go in, make a note, this is date and time. I edited this note for X, Y, Z, because there's typically going to be a date and time stamp for when that edit happened as well. Definitely make sure that if you have to edit or go back into a note and edit a note, then you do that, or you can make a second note, of course, you know, you can always make a second note of course. It okay. says I'm editing the note for this date of date progress note or procedure note. And this is why, this is what I need to add to it. Because some notes, some, depending upon how your practice management system is set up, some of them have, you know, they lock at midnight and then you can't go back in. So there's a lot of different ways that people have things set up. I know Dentrix is typically a month. If you close your month out, you can't go back in and edit, but you can make a second note somewhere. It's okay to do that, but I don't think I would do it the day you receive some kind of legal notification.
0: <laughs> I know. I feel so bad for laughing. And as soon as you said it, I just, we both started laughing and I feel bad because, but really what I was laughing about was I was thinking about the pucker factor on that doctor getting the subpoena and going, having this like, oh yeah. crap moment and running to the computer and reading it and going, oh yeah. my gosh. And and then 15 edits later, <laughs> you know. Exactly.
1: And we laugh, but yes, it's definitely not funny, but we, we, it is, it is slightly. <laughs>
0: Jeez. All right. So let's pivot a little bit. And if anybody has any questions about that kind of stuff, is it okay for them to reach out absolutely, to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, great. Another thing that I adore about you is that you are just like me and that we're CE junkies. We are CE, just nerd, geek, junkie, whatever you want to call it. You take more CE than I think anybody I know. Now, one question that I have for you is... How do you take all that knowledge that you're getting? Because, you know, you just go to so many different ones. How do you distill it down to the team members?
1: Oh, that's always the challenge, isn't it? (laughs) Biggest challenge is buy-in. It's it's my biggest challenge. I feel like I'm a pretty seasoned office manager. I've been doing this a while. I've been doing this 17 years, so I, I feel like I'm a good seasoned office manager. I'm a pretty direct leader. I, I don't have a lot of fluff about me, so I'm not not here to be your mama and to you know rub your back. I'm kind of stern. I'm a little more on the stern side or firm side in regards to a leader of my team. But I definitely think that it's getting them to buy in is the biggest part. I am doing some education now as well, just for on how I train, because I think that I need to get them to buy in a little bit better. I recently did some training for that myself so that I can, because I think how we lead them is how that it's going to define how they get from us. We have to take the responsibility of getting them the data and them owning it. It ultimately falls back on us. If your team really doesn't have buy-in, it's
0: you it's not them. So that's interesting. Okay. So some dentists are going to go like, oh my gosh, no, it's them. (laughs) Okay. So one thing I want to ask, I want to ask a follow-up question to that is you said you're the stern one. Um, I know Dr. Smith and he's just a super nice guy. So does your team ever go, they look at you and then they run to Dr. Smith? I mean, how does that work? Oh yes. That's going to happen everywhere. It's definitely... Mom
1: and Dad, sometimes they call us because they are like our children, you know, and sometimes it's good cop, bad cop, and sometimes it just depends on which day of the week. Every once in a while, they know when he's had his fill and then they'll come to me and then they want to say, oh, you know, he's he's not so nice to me today <laughs> or, you know? so they they will come back to me eventually. <laughs> I always know they're going to come back, you know to to me eventually. but, that's funny. They definitely have their moments where they're going to they're going to play off of us and ultimately having a strong manager, you know, whether that means strong, look, I'm not here to say how you should manage your team because I think that we all have our own gifts leadership wise. And I think if you have a successful practice, it's running well, and you are that manager that has people in your office and is more of a counselor type of manager or, you know, wants to rub their back or, you know, stroke their hand if they're having a a bad day. I I think that's fantastic if that's what's working for you. And I think sometimes when you have a doctor who is the firm, you know, disciplinarian or the firm leader, sometimes it's better to have that. But I don't have that. You know, we have kind of a doctor who's a little bit ball of mush sometimes and has this pretty cute <laughs> heart. And so for that, ultimately I have to be the strong one. So you either have you have to play with your doctor because you two ultimately are your team. You two ultimately are your leaders, you know, that you are it. And even if you are listening to this and you're in an office where you, aren't, you don't have the office manager title, but you're taking that team leader role, step into it. You know what I mean? Step into it. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to give the education. Get education for yourself, first of all, and give that education to your team. Because right now, what we're experiencing in this time of this COVID mess is just a phenomenal time to get education for yourself. There's some amazing people out here giving free CE and free education. And, you know, some of it's paid, but I've seen minimal things for these amazing speakers that you might never have the opportunity to see any other time. I've seen $15 courses going on for some of these people that I know I personally have paid two or 300, maybe 400 to see speak somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) I'm happy to take a $15 course, you know, to, to sit at home and listen and encourage your teams to do that because the more buy-in and the more on board you get them the better it's going to be for your practice and your systems when we come out of this because we are going to come out of it we all know that there is going to be a pot of gold at the end of this you know this, this there's going to be a rainbow first then there's going to be the pot of
0: gold, but it's going to happen it'll be a sterilized pot of gold but it'll be a pot of gold right So, you know what was interesting though is as you were talking we've we've been talking about almost 50 minutes now and in the last I'd say 20 minutes. I completely forgot about this virus. We were just talking fund management stuff. And so if there's somebody in your life, managers, that can take your mind off of the virus and you're just talking this stuff that you love to talk about, reach out to that person. And Because it actually, when when you said virus, it kind of shocked me in and I thought... Oh yeah, we're in this time. And, and it was a little sad. You probably didn't see my face, but I was like, hmm. And that's a really harsh thing to just kind of pop into your mind when you're having a good time. So it's, and it's okay to feel like this. Did you kind of go through a little like staring at the walls? I know I did. I mean, were you oh, like, yeah. okay, now what? Yeah. I think that's normal, right? Yes, absolutely. There
1: was a few days of what, how do we regroup from this? How? I mean, I've been trying to, I, I probably even made a, a Facebook post about this. You know, I am pretty active on social media. I'm, I'm, I made a Facebook post where I said, I think that first Friday I posted, you know, we had a nice drink, bottle a little bottle of champagne. We had some eggs. We had some sa- homemade sausage gravy. And I kind of said, you know... When else are we going to get to do this on Friday at noon? So take advantage of the little things, take advantage of the little victories. As much CE as I do and as much as I work and having my own company and having all these other things, sometimes it's hard for me also to regroup with my children and family. And this is the time to do those things as well. I think the biggest thing right now is not setting expectations on yourself for how you're supposed to feel or how you're supposed to be. Just letting yourself be what you need to be. Leaning on your friends and support groups when you need it, because you are going to need it. And uh, just getting through this. And know that we're all in the same boat. You know, I, I kind of had this or weird thought, I guess I should say, and standing in my bathroom mirror, and I'm like, you know, we're pretty far down in collections this month, but probably about 90% of the rest of the dental practices in the United States are too. So we're all together. You know, we're all the same. I don't think anybody's, you know, shooting numbers, you know, out of the sky right now. So I think that we're all in it together. We're all here to get through this together. It's going to happen. We're going to come through stronger. We're going to come. And I think that, Building the relationships that we're building now is going to be important on the other side of this. So use the time for your team.
0: So what's interesting, and and I'm not going to edit this out, but if you hear Griffin in the I background. I hear him. Hi, Griffin. Always makes an appearance. I always at a very badly timed. Yeah. I are going to be okay. stronger on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, so if you're not a manager now, what I think is going to happen to a lot of our colleagues is they're going to be a manager when they get back because their teams may shrink or There's going to be all this new regulation that we talked about and they're going to be put in charge of it so what would your advice be to somebody who comes back and they say okay now you're the manager is there something they should study like communications finance or team building i mean what would you say to a new manager that's like got the deer in the headlights look? I definitely think that all of the above, those are all things that are going to be
1: very important to practices going forward. Team leadership, obviously, is probably the number one thing that you can, communications is going to be the key to how you're going to do everything, because if you can't communicate through things, then everything else is going to just realistically fall apart. So the communications have to be there. I think there's going to be definitely some people that are already, well, even now, probably this is already happening, is they are already kind of leading their teams through this. There's their natural people that are stepping up and doing that. ADOM obviously is an amazing resource. So I think they're offering free memberships or something for a period of time. You know, definitely reach out to ADOM, get connected to other office managers. You definitely will feel that tribe that, you know, everybody talks about. When it comes to Adam, it's kind of their word. You will feel it. Get involved, getting close to people who are like-minded because one of my biggest philosophies in my entire life is we are who we associate with. We become who we associate with. So associate with the best and you're going to be the best.
0: So for those of you that aren't familiar with ADOM, it's the American Association of Dental Office Management and it's dentalmanagers.com. And if you sign up, it's free. I mean, it's like, what is it normally, like 160 or something like that a year? So it's a free membership. And if you sign up, just make sure you write Bev and Teresa goofing off. podcast (laughs) is how you found it. (laughs) So it is definitely one of the best organizations out there for our managers. There's so much CE on their campus, to their e-campus. I mean, I'm part of it too. You can get everything there. I mean, Catherine, I tell K, Lois, they all have. Classes on there. So you could pretty much get up to speed on at least the basics of management. I think they even have an office manager 101 series. So you really can't beat that if you're not involved in it. It's free right now. So I don't know what you're waiting for. Absolutely. <laughs> now that you've had some time off, I know you're still working in the office. You're still coming in doing admin stuff, but what's one thing that you're like, Hey, I had some time to do this.
1: Home organization <laughs> has been one thing. I recently moved in purchased a house in February and moved in June. And so I was fortunate enough to be able to have a slow move because I still own the prior house and I'm I'm renting that out now. But so it was a little bit of a slower move. So I was fortunate in that regard, but I still had not kind of organized things. So I think definitely organizing some craft projects that you know i really have been wanting to do in my free time that i haven't been able to do so getting to do that i'm trying to stay off of social media a little bit it's not being very effective it just sucks me in you know (laughs) i get on and then i it's like oh
0: i'm gonna make a post it's been zero days since beverly's been (laughs) on facebook (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's absolutely true. I said I was gonna have a silent Saturday. I think I was talking to uh, a good friend of ours, Dana Watson, you know Dana, and we were kind of mm, chatting yeah. on Facebook and I told her I was gonna have a silent Saturday and and then that turned into eight and a half hours on Facebook.
0: I'm just so curious what other offices are doing, you know, to protect themselves and to rebuild and all that. So there's just, there's a lot to read and you really can get kind of lost into it. So yeah, I have to do the same thing because I still have stuff to do and I could sit on social media all day. self-control, right? And I should have that since I work from home. I should have some self-control, but for some reason it kind of feels like I'm on vacation. And then I snap back to reality and realize I'm poor now. Yeah, that's no, very true. You've always been a you've always been a really
1: good voice of reason, I think, Teresa, too, for just so many people. And Odyssey has helped so many of us with insurance and you know with learning the ins and outs of that. And having a steady voice of reason during this is important, and which is kind of why I said connect with Adam and connect with some of these groups and you know, read some Odyssey newsletters that you maybe haven't had a chance to read, or you know, I'm I'm a big fan of Catherine Itell's Monday morning newsletter as well. And so, you know, I've been able to go back and read some of those too. So I think that just give yourself some time. To it doesn't all have to be dentistry. Focus on your family, focus on you know home organization, crafts, whatever it might be, but but definitely keeping that connection with the dental world and seeing what other people are doing. Be very cautious. I will give this one little tiny disclaimer be very cautious about some of these things that you're reading in some of these Facebook groups. Uh, you and I have had many, many discussions about this, but there's a lot of incorrect, invalid data that is not sourced. There's no source for it. These are people's opinions, and realize that these are so social media groups these are opinions of a lot of people they are not factual and just be very cautious about when we are having these extra moments of time to spend on social media and hear all of these voices that you trust the published professionals and trust the the resources that have been there for many many years and trust the really strong solid groups because there's a lot of these groups where there's a lot of information coming down the you know coming down the lines that is just little bit scary for the way people are choosing to manage their practices at this time so
0: well and i'm constantly having i feel like i need to make them stop saying bad information because it creates work for me because as soon as they say something that is a little crazy and they meaning not just one person but you know there's whoever. And I get emails and questions and texts like, okay, is this true? Is this true? And that's why I usually on my Facebook page, I'm putting out little bulletins because I don't want to get 20 emails about the same thing that this, you know, one person said. So I just want to clear the air on one thing. Insurance is still paying claims. I know that that's a rumor that went around. That's probably my next bulletin because people were posting that insurance has stopped paying claims. And I put that on my last one, but so they are still paying claims. I'm just really scared because in a couple weeks, no claims are going to be paid because we weren't submitting claims. And so now there's, you know, it's going to be kind of a ghost town in the insurance claims department because all of us have shut down. So that's
1: now is a really, really good time to work on those stacks of claim, you know, requests for information. You know, there, there's a lot of things that we have all this time for to be able to do. And a lot of those things can either be done remotely from home with the technology that we have, like we talked about in the beginning of this, or you're trying to have maybe one person go in, you know, that doesn't mean everyone in the office is going in, you haven't been seeing patients, it's quiet in there, have a single person go in where they're protected. You know, they're, if two people go in, keep them six feet apart or whatever they're recommending, you know, in regards to social distancing, but you can do this. You can do this. And it's a, it's a really good time to catch up on all those things that we don't have time for. The other thing that I will say is don't stop reaching to your patients right now they are feeling this stay in their face a little bit in regards to not that you're there to send bills not that you're there to you know follow up on you know claim stuff or not even dental stuff but just how are you you know just a simple how are you doing we want to know how you are is there anything we can help you with maybe you have a patient that's in their 90s and they can't get groceries if you can be that person that can help them do that that's somebody who is just going to be so rewarding for you and for them, and that's going to be your patient, you know, that they're going to tell other people about you. So be different in regards to how you're handling your reaches out to your patients and stay reaching. Don't don't let that go to the wayside.
0: I love it. So we're going to end on that really positive note because I just want to end on a positive note. It feels like there's so many negatives out there. You know, you all that are listening, you don't realize it, but Beverly and I are looking at each other and I just, we're just staring while the other one talks. It's kind of awkward, but at the same time, I always appreciate seeing a smiling face and I always see that from you. So it's just nice to boot up the computer and not be staring at like a whole bunch of, oh my God, I got fired kind of thing. So I want to thank you for coming on the podcast and for bringing that light to the podcast and you need to find her. She's on social media, look in the dental peeps group, look in the morning huddle group and huddle up. I think you said yeah. it was called, right? I just, I have it saved on the side. So huddle up and just find her because she is really a light for me and for so many others. So thank you so much for being on. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Teresa. I really appreciate you having me here and being able to give me an opportunity to speak to a lot of other offices that might be going through all of these things. So we're going to get through this. We're going to do it. We're all going to shine.
0: And. She's going to be back on because while you were talking, there was like five other things that I think we could have had a whole episode on. So we'll do that. Okay, so we're going to wrap this up for this episode. As always, I want to thank you so much for spending your time with us. Subscribe to this podcast so you'll get our next candid discussion. Visit Teresa's website, odysseymgmt.com, That's odysseymgmt.com for more information on Teresa's courses, books, and speaking schedule. Subscribe to her newsletter while you're there. Don't say we didn't tell you that.